ask what you will, according to the word of God, and it shall be done to you. So, Father, we just thank you that you don't withhold anything, that in your great love and your mercy for us, you don't withhold anything, that we are spiritual inheritors of the very blessings of Jesus. And we thank you that you've made it so easy, and we take it now. We take it now. Whatever your need, whatever your need, you just say, thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. It's mine. I believe. I believe in every promise of your word. I believe in your love for me. And it is mine. In Jesus' mighty name. Hallelujah. Well, beloved, before I start today, I, I just want to do one thing. I don't normally do this, but we are going to be accepting uh, an offering for our worship team when we accept our offerings at the end of the service today. They volunteer. They volunteer all year long. So we'll be accepting a love offering for them. There are eight people in, on the team, all the people up there in JR. And so we'll be accepting your gifts for them and your appreciation for them. <clears throat> and just so I don't forget, at the end, also in case I forget about, we are going to have a December 23rd Wednesday night service for Christmas, 7 o'clock. So that'll be our Christmas service, and I hope y'all can come. Thank you, Lord. Well, beloved, you know, this is the Christmas season, and Jesus came for a reason. He came to demonstrate his love for you so that you could walk in his glory and his power here on earth. This is the finest hour of the church. This is the finest hour of believers, for believers, because you are a message to the world. And we need to take our message seriously and we need to let it fly with everything that we have in us. And we need to get our eyes off the world, off everything that the enemy is trying to do to distract the believer, to distract the church. So I'm going to reread a prophecy, a word that came forth from the Lord here several weeks back to remind you to remind you of the power of the living God on your behalf that as we encounter Jesus 
As we encounter Jesus, demons, darkness, the devil, difficulty, trial, tribulation has to flee. And it is not a time for us to be concerned or have our eyes on the things of this world. We keep our eyes on Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. He is stronger than any darkness. He is more powerful than any foe. And the beautiful thing is is that he has already finished the job on your behalf. And you just reach out and believe. Hallelujah. So, here's the word. There will be more disruption as the forces of evil vie against my plan for this nation. But I will protect and rescue my church. I will hide you in the cleft, but you must pay attention and focus on me. Prepare for the war waged against you, but be certain Be certain of my deliverance. Be certain of my deliverance. As people look to the world rather than to me, they will experience lack. But those keeping their eyes on me will not suffer lack or shortages or despair. I am El Shaddai. You're more than enough God. Jehovah Jireh, your provider. Jehovah Shalom, your peace in a chaotic world. This is a time of a new beginning in my church. And I claim that for RCC. This is a time for the rising up of my children. A rising up to take your place in my end time equation. My church is the determining factor in the end time flood. The flood of my presence and power in all the earth. I am the guard around you. I am the solace of your hearts. I am the revival of the soul of this nation. I am the light to overshadow the current darkness. I am the victory coming forth from the shadows. I am the answer to the destruction that stalks in the darkness. I am the dawning of light. I am the courage you need welling up in your inner person. Take courage, be brave, stand strong. Do not utter words of fear or doubt. Believe in me. Take heart in me. Hide yourself in me. Let the fires of the world burn. Take no part in the hate. Follow the way of love. Guard your hearts. Lift your eyes. Keep watch against the coming schemes. 
of the evil one. Take counsel in me and me alone. Separate yourselves from worldly chatter. Fill up on my word and my word alone. Stand aside and see the destruction of the world, but remittance in me. And find your salvation and your deliverance from the terror and the threats of the evil one. Do not give way. Do not shrink back. Press into me and find the open door into my protection and presence. Hallelujah. We have come to encounter Jesus. We have come to press in. We have come to stand on the word and the word alone. We have come to experience the glory of God changing the atmosphere. <coughs> the glory of God. The very glory that God gave Jesus dwelling in us to change the atmosphere in the world. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We can't thank him enough, beautiful ones. We can't thank him enough, beloved, beloved of God. So we are here to encounter Jesus. And the Lord was speaking to me, me this week about the fact that the church needs to be born again. The church, the church needs to be born again. It needs to experience a new born again relationship with its Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. The time of being lukewarm is over. Lukewarm is only to the destruction of our souls. And we need to soar with the limitless capacity of the heart of God for each and every one of us. Because only by knowing the heart of God the love of God, will you be able to reach a lost and dying generation? And it is time to end the self-seeking, the seeker-friendly church movement. A movement that will not preach sin, it will not preach repentance, it will not preach the blood of Jesus. And the only reason it won't do that is because it does not truly know the love of God and it has supplanted the loving heart of our Father for a mediocre, mental, humanistic remedy that is no remedy at all. It is a band-aid on a wound that will continue to fester and fester and fester. And it is time to return our hearts to Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior, because it is only through repentance and returning and knowing the love of God that we will be able to receive healing in our own lives and administer that healing to other people. Speak the truth in love. 
the truth, the truth of the word, not a watered-down Christianity, not a watered-down gospel, the truth of the living word of God, Jesus Christ, and him crucified for us. Because when we repent and when we ask his forgiveness, we run into love. We run into love. The loving arms of a father. That nothing here on earth could ever give us. Nothing here on earth could ever replace it. And it's the lie of the devil that he has encouraged even people in the pulpit to preach a watered-down gospel that says that grace does not require repentance. Jesus came. We're remembering that at this season. He came that his love would be in us. He came to show us his love and his mercy and his grace for us. That his love would bring healing and redemption and be the balm of Gilead to a hurting world. Hallelujah. So we are here to encounter Jesus. We are here to encounter his love. And we need to get our eyes off the things going on in the world that the devil has brought to distract us. Viruses, election turmoils. You see, we can walk in the supernatural here on earth. His kingdom come. His will be done here through our hearts. Hallelujah. We must set our, our hearts on things above. God has already given us the victory. He sees the beginning from the end, the end from the beginning. He knows it all. And we are more than conquerors through him that gave his life for us. He's already given us the victory, and it's just a matter of rending our hearts, circumcising our hearts, and returning to our first love. Returning to our first love. The only love that will ever satisfy the cry of our hearts. Hallelujah. When we accept his love for us, we fall so much in love with him that our hearts cry, our hearts cry will be to do only what he desires for us to do, to say only what he desires for us to say, and it will be so easy because his love covers a multitude of sin. His love allows us to come into the for forgiveness, into repentance, into the loving arms of our Father. And we fall so much in love with him that it is our heart's cry, our heart's desire to please him. It is no longer a work. It is the experience of love, spirit to spirit, because his spirit testifies with our spirit that we are his children, that we have been adopted 
by him. That he loves us the same as he loved Jesus. That when we return to him and lay our mistakes at the foot of the cross, he sees us through the blood. And you can bring it up again. But at that point, his heart for you says, you didn't do anything wrong because I've covered it. It's been redeemed by the blood of my son. Hallelujah. When we receive his love, our hearts are set on fire. The very glory of God ushering forth through us to others. So you see, beloved, this is the church's greatest time. It is a time like no other. And as we saturate our hearts in the love of God, we are going to see an end-time harvest of souls. And you are going to be a part of bringing that glory unto God. He has a plan for you that is so much more so much more that you have ever thought or imagined. So much more. And the only thing we need to do is set our hearts on things above. You see, he sent Jesus here so that his natural, what we falsely call the supernatural, that his natural would become our natural. That we live and breathe and move in him. Every step, every day, in every way. I have my being in him. You have your being in him. Praise you, Father. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength, with all your mind, and your neighbor as yourself. You see, when we receive the love of Jesus, we can do that. We can do that. His love shed abroad in our heart allows us to understand how much he loves us so that we can love ourselves and not condemn ourselves, not criticize ourselves, but receive his grace and mercy in time of need. And at that point, we can then love our neighbor as ourselves with the very love of God. And the entire world will be transformed. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Father. What a gift. What a gift. What a gift we've been given. You see, we have one answer to everything that the world is so concerned about. Our answer is not Trump. He is not our Savior. Our answer is not Biden. He is not our Savior. 
Our answer is not politics. Our answer is not science. They are not our saviors. We have the Lord Jesus Christ who is our savior. The remedy to every need. And it's time to re-encounter Jesus afresh. Afresh. Re-encounter Jesus afresh. He is my everything. He is my all in all. He is all that I will ever need. He is all that you will ever need. All the things that call our hearts away, all the things that distract us, all the idolatry that we allow in our lives. He's the remedy for all of it. Drugs, sex, alcohol. There can be so many idols, so many idols. And it's not intentional, beloved. The Lord knows it's not intentional, but people get distracted. They get their eyes off Jesus. And they think that other things are going to satisfy. Your time. What about time? Time can become your idol. You can become so, I can become so absorbed, even in doing things for God, that we stop and we, we fail to just get into his presence, to allow him to minister his love unto us. As between Mary and Martha, yes, Martha was doing wonderful things. She had a good concern for her Lord. But he said, Mary has chosen the better. And this will not be taken from her. So during this busy time, be a Mary. Don't really be a Mary. You be who you are and who God made you to be. But have a heart for Jesus. Remember why we're here. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. So many things that can distract, that we, we, we can idolize in our lives. You know, our social standing, how people view us, pride, arrogance, our jobs, so much. And you see, it's all nothingness. It's a heart for Jesus that matters. It's a heart for Jesus. Because you see, when we are self-absorbed in, 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 in the busyness of life, when we're self-absorbed, we're not absorbed in him. When we're self-important, we fail to make him the center. When we're self-seeking, we're not seeking him. When we're self-promoting, we cannot lift up Jesus. So this is a time to reflect in a wonderful, beautiful, good way. This is not condemning. But it's the time to reflect and say, Lord, where do I need to circumcise my heart? Where do I need to purify my heart? Where can I get rid of the chaff with your help? And he will refine us as beautiful as gold. Hallelujah. So when the church returns to her first love, when the church returns to her first love, the world will come running because they will see so much passion 
so much beauty in the heart of the believer that they will not be able to resist it. And we will fulfill the Great Commission. We will fulfill the Great Commission to reach others for Jesus. The salvation of souls to the glory of God. And at that point, beloved, we become world changers. You see, the church was put here to press back the darkness. To press back the darkness. And walking in his love will do just that. He will press back the darkness. And the patience of God will bring others unto salvation. Hallelujah. I'm going to go to Deuteronomy 28, verse 9. The Lord will establish you. I want you to understand through these scriptures who you are, what your mission is, what your encounter with Jesus, what, what your fresh return in all ways, in all areas of our heart, what that, where that places you. The Lord will establish you as his holy people as he promised you on oath if you keep the commands of the Lord your God and walk in obedience to him. Then all the peoples of the earth will see that you are called by the name of the Lord and they will fear you. They'll pay attention The Lord will grant you abundant prosperity in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your ground, in the land he swore to your ancestors to give you. The land. Those are the dreams and the promises that the Lord has spoken into your heart. That is his mission for you. The Lord will open the heavens. We live under an open heaven, beloved. The heavens are not brass unto us. The Lord will open the heavens, the storehouse of his bounty, to send rain on your land in season and to bless all, all the work of your hands. You will lend to many nations, but will borrow from none. The Lord will open the heavens, The Lord will make you the tail, the head, and not the tail. If you pay attention to the commands of the Lord your God that I give you this day and carefully follow them, you will always be at the top, never at the bottom. The head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. Say that. I am the head and not the tail, the top and not the bottom. He blesses all the work of my hands as I follow him. Do not turn aside from any of the commands I give you today to the right or to the left, following other gods and serving them. Deuteronomy 30, verse 2. And when you and your children return to the Lord your God, return, 
This is a time for the church to return unto the Lord. A new passion, a new infilling of new wine. And when your children, you and your children return to the Lord your God and obey him with all your heart, with all your soul, according to everything I command you today, then the Lord your God, verse 9, will make you most prosperous in all the work of your hands and in the fruit of your womb, the young of your livestock, the crops of your land. The Lord will again delight in you. He delights in you, beloved. You are in the palm of his hand. Zephaniah 3.17 He rejoices over you with singing. Hallelujah. He will delight in you and make you prosperous, just as he delighted in your ancestors. If you obey the Lord your God and keep his commands and decrees that are written in this book of the law and turn to the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul. Verse 11. Now what I am commanding, this is, this is so awesome, what I am commanding you today is not difficult. It is not difficult for you or beyond your reach. This is not difficult. Why is it not difficult? Because the easiest thing ever to do in our lives is to receive the love of Jesus Christ. And when we receive that love, the mountains are brought level, the crooked places are made straight, the rough places are made smooth. Go back to the Beatitudes that we studied for so long. Go back to them. It's easy. We purify our hearts. We come back with repentant hearts and we run into liquid love. Hallelujah. It is not beyond your reach. It is not up in heaven so that you have to ask who will ascend into heaven to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. Nor is it beyond the sea so that you have to ask who will cross the sea to get it and proclaim it to us so that we may obey it. No. The word. That's our Jesus. Jesus is the living word of God. No, the word is very near you. It is in your mouth and in your heart so that you may obey it. You see, I will love the Lord my God with all my heart, with all my mind, with all my soul, with all my strength. Love is the fulfillment of the law. This is an easy thing. You don't have to keep the 612 or 13 or whatever. That's not your consciousness. Your consciousness is in the law, the new command that Jesus came to give us. His love has fulfilled every command of the law. And then we love others 
thank you, Lord, because you loved us first. You see, you don't even have to take the first step. You do not even have to take the first step. He took the first step for you. No matter where you are, no matter what you've done, he took it for you. So anyway, the Lord was just speaking to me all week about the fact that the church needs to re-encounter Jesus the first love of our hearts. So we're going to read two places in Scripture. And these two places are where the term, the actual term born again is used. One place, he was talking to religious leader. A religious leader. Established religious authority. In the other place, he was talking to a believer. Someone who's already a believer. Get that picture? And he still uses that term that we must be born again. So the first one, Jesus is speaking to Nicodemus, a Pharisee, a religious leader who did not accept the testimony of Jesus. And yet he was in a powerful religious position. John 3, 1 through 3. Now there was a man of the Pharisees named Nicodemus, a member of the Jewish ruling council. He came to Jesus at night and said, Rabbi, we know you are a teacher who has come from God. So he knew that. He knew that. For no one can perform the miraculous signs that you are doing if God were not with him. In reply, Jesus declared, I tell you the truth. No one can see the kingdom of God unless he is born again. This is a religious leader that people are look to, to whom people are looking. And he's basically saying here, it is not about the rules and regulations. It is about experiencing me, experiencing Jesus. And that is what we are here to do. That's why the baby, he came as a baby here and grew up among us so that we could see and know and believe and experience him. In our culture, there are so many people in pulpits, religious leaders that truly do not, do not accept the testimony of Jesus. Does that shock you? Think about it. Think about some of the things that are being preached from the pulpits about what's okay and what's not okay. And where the Bible calls something sin, it's being called intolerance. 
The word is the word. We're not here to change the word. We are not here to change the word. We are here to accept the word in the loving truth with which it was given and is given to us. It is the salvation of our soul. The devil loves it when people preach that sin is not sin because it will keep people in darkness. It will keep their hearts hurting. The most loving thing we can do is to say, this is what the scripture says, and God loves you. And I love you because we love every person. We hate sin, we love people. But here's the other key to that. The most important thing to do is look at it in our own lives, not in the lives of others. We can just work on one little blank in our own eyes and have plenty to do. We don't need to look at the speck in other people's eyes. We just need to allow the word to bring love and cleansing and truth just like it does to us. Right? So we don't call evil good and we don't call good evil but we focus on our own hearts, on our own lives. We allow the love of God to saturate our own lives and bring repentance into our own lives. And that will give us such hearts when we receive the forgiveness of Jesus. That will give us such hearts for a lost and dying world that we won't be able to condemn. We will just speak the truth of the word with love and reveal the goodness of God. The goodness of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? So first, we need to focus on circumcising our own hearts, purifying our own hearts, returning unto God in our own hearts. The second place, the second place that this term born again is used, 1 Peter 1, verse 3 through 5, and then 23. Praise be to God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In his great mercy, he has given us new birth into a living hope. You have a living hope that compares with nothing else that this world has to offer. We are given new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead and into an inheritance. You have an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. That's what you own, an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade, kept in heaven for you, who through faith are shielded. Faith in what? Faith in Jesus. Your faith in Jesus is a shield round about you. Psalm 512 says, his favor is a shield around us. Who through faith are shielded by God's Power. 
It is not of us that we should boast, but it is by the power of God who's made strong in our weakness. He's there for us for that. He's a help in time of need. Until the coming of the salvation that is ready to be revealed in the last time. For you have been born again, not of perishable seed, but of imperishable, through the living and enduring word of God. It is time to return to the foundation. You have been born again. You were given a first love in Jesus. The imperishable word. And it is a time to get back to the word, stand on the word, stick with the word. Don't alter the word to change so towards social norms. Right? We don't change the word. The word changes us. Right? So Peter is reminding believers here of their foundation. He's reminding them of their roots. He's reminding them of the roots of their victory in every situation. And then he goes on and he's, he starts connecting the dots. We're going to read some more. So in other words, he's basically saying, look, remember what you were given. Remember what you were born into. Re-experience what you were born into. The kingdom of God come to live in the heart of man. Jesus Christ, God made man, both God and man, here on earth, showing us the way. And we are born into that very glory. New creatures in Christ. Remember what you've been born into. The newly created life, the new hope. The yes, the promise of eternal life with, with God, yes, of course. But it's way more than that, too. It's the recreated life here on earth. The recreated life here on earth. I am confident of this. I will see the goodness of God in the land of the living. That's scripture. He is reminding them of their hope, and he reminds them coming up in the next scripture about repentance and how to stay in the hope. How to stay in an encounter with our Lord. And to end lukewarm living. 2 Peter 3, 10. But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire, and the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. Since everything will be destroyed in this way, what kind of people ought you to be? That's the question. What kind of people should we be? You ought to live holy and godly lives. 
just like Jesus did. Just like Jesus did. We ought to live holy and godly lives as you look forward to the day and speed its coming. You see, when we receive his love and then we fall madly in love with him, we usher in his will and his good pleasure here on the earth. We are his ambassadors. We are his missionaries. We are his children, spreading his light and glory. God wants none to perish. God wants, he loves everybody the same. Those who believe in him and the Lord Jesus Christ and those who don't. His love is the same. But the closer we draw to him, the closer we say, say, let the fire burn, let the fire remove the chaff, refine me as gold, take me from glory to glory. The glory is here, Lord. I receive it now. You see, we become a much more pure light for those around us. And they can't deny it. They're drawn, just like mosquitoes or whatever those little gnats are that get drawn to the light. What are they, moths? I don't know. You see, they get, people get drawn to the light. Let your light shine. You look forward to the day of God and you speed its coming. That day will bring about the destruction of the heavens by fire and the elements will melt in the heat. But in keeping with his promise, he is a God of promise. They are yea and amen. His word never returns void but accomplishes exactly what it goes forth to do. We are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth, the home of righteousness. So then, dear friends, since you are looking forward to this, make every effort. Yeah, it's going to take effort. Yeah. But the glory on the other side of the effort is something you can never imagine. So glorious, so beautiful. Wow. Since you are looking forward to this, make every effort to be found spotless, blameless, and at peace with him. So in other words, don't just sit back and say, well, grace covers it all. Yeah, his love does cover a multitude of sins. But let's not coast. Let's do what he says. Let's make every effort. Bear in mind that our Lord's patience means salvation. How patient has he been? How patient was he with the children of Israel? How patient is he with you? How patient is he with me? He's patient because he wants more people to be saved. Just as our dear brother Paul also wrote to you with the wisdom that God gave him, he writes the same way in all his letters, speaking in them of these matters. His letters contain some things that are hard to understand, which ignorant and unstable people distort. And that's even, hap- and that's even happening in our pulpits. 
it's happening out there in the world, but it's unfortunately also happening in our pulpits. Repentance is really honestly one of the most beautiful words you'll ever hear. Because it gets away the dross, it, it pushes out the darkness, and it brings you into the glorious light of your Lord Jesus Christ. which ignorant and unstable people distort. See, these are the times we're living in right now, where the truth is distorted. Evil's called good, and good is called evil. <clears throat> As they do the other scriptures, to their own destruction. When the word is distorted, people are destroyed. They are destroyed for a lack of knowledge because the word gets distorted. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard. Don't be lazy. Don't be complacent. Don't be lukewarm. Allow the fire of God to constantly be regenerated in your life. Stay passionate about Jesus. Stay passionate about his love for you. Yell it from the mountaintops. Be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men. That's those not following the word. And fall from your secure position. Do you know as a believer standing on the word, you are completely secure? You have an entirely secure position. No storm, no devil in hell can take that position away from you. When you stand on the word, the truth of the word, the promises of God, you are secure in your position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord Jesus and Savior Jesus Christ. To him be the glory, both now and forevermore. Amen. So I want to look at a, in, in the book of Revelation... I want to look at a couple of the churches and what Jesus, Jesus, what Jesus said to them. Is it important if Jesus says it? Yes, very important. Revelation 2, 2 through 7. I know your deeds, your labor, and your perseverance. I know that you cannot tolerate those who are evil. See, he knows, he knows they have good hearts, right? He knows that. I know that you cannot tolerate those who are evil, and you have tested and exposed as liars those who falsely claim to be apostles. Without growing weary, you have persevered and endured many things for the sake of my name. Everyone in this room has endured things for the sake of Jesus' name. Right? But, so he's saying, I know your heart, I know your heart is good. I know you've stood for me. But, I have this against you. You have abandoned your first love. It is time to return to our first love. A heart change. Therefore, keep in mind how far you have fallen. Repent and perform the deeds you did at first. 
But if you do not repent, I will come to you and remove your lampstand from its place. You don't want to have your realm of influence removed. You want to be a witness. You want to be a light. You want to be a light on a lampstand, don't you? Right? So we purify our hearts. We make every effort. Does that mean we're perfect? No. Nowhere does God expect perfection. He expects a heart willing. A heart willing. A heart willing to return. And when we return our hearts, he is just, he is merciful to forgive. Therefore, now, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Right? The good thing about repenting is we can get it off our chest. We can stop criticizing ourselves. We can stop, stop walking in self-condemnation, which frees us to walk in the love of God toward others. That's the only thing that will free us, to walk in the love of God toward others and allow us to remain the lampstand, the light. But you have this to your credit. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. He who has an ear. Beloved, he just wants us to be teachable. He wants us to be teachable. He wants us to hear him out and be willing and yielded in our hearts. Not perfect, but willing and yielded. On fire, desiring his heart. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches, to the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to eat from the tree of life in the paradise of God. That's your future. That's your future. Aren't you excited? <laughs> I said that's your future. <laughs> Sardis, Revelation 3, 1 through 9. I know your deeds. You have a reputation for being alive, yet you are dead. Wake up and strengthen what remains. It is never too late with Jesus. You just get in there and you say, Okay, God, I am ready. I am all in. I am turning my heart back. And he will help you strengthen that which remains. And it's a quick work. It doesn't take forever. Wake up and strengthen what remains, which was about to die. I know I keep bringing this up, but you know, our seeker-sensitive churches. I'm sorry. I would not want to be responsible for the death that occurs in the lives of those people in my congregation. I don't want that blood on my hands. So we're going to speak the word the truth of the word, and the word only. And if it seems harsh, it's not harsh. Because the Lord knows that is the way to receive his love.
I have found your deeds incomplete in the sight of my God. Remember then what you have received and heard. Keep it and repent. See that? Remember the word. Remember the full gospel. Remember the truth of the word. Keep it and repent. And it's all good after that. Right? Repentance is good. Forgiveness is good. Cleansing for our hearts is good. Running back into the arms of a loving father is good. We serve a good, good God who always has a heart of love. It's just people that are going to tell you that's not true. The word says you discipline the ones you love because you want to save them from the pain of their error. You know, I would just love it if every single day of my life, from the very time that I was born, that I just listened to the Lord the whole time. Because, you know, if we just listened to the Lord the whole time, we never suffer pain. He didn't design us to suffer pain. It's when we draw away from him that we get ourselves in painful positions. And he's so good and so kind and so gracious that he always has his arms reaching out for us for us to turn back. And he has redemption and reconciliation and healing and forgiveness, even if you've done it on your own and it's your own fault. He's not sitting there saying, no, you deserve the punishment, so I'm not going to give you the grace of my word and my love. He doesn't do that. We just read a few minutes ago how he's always patient with us. Unto salvation of hearts, yes, but unto the salvation and the redemption and the healing in our lives. But we have to turn back. We have to encounter Jesus. We have to be after his heart with our hearts, our souls, our minds, and all our strength. And then the road is so easy. If you do not wake up, I will come like a thief, and you will not know the hour when I will come to you. We must remember our foundation. We must return to the foundation. And the glory of God will fill this earth. It's our choice. But you do have a few people in Sardis who have not soiled their garments, and because they are worthy, they will walk with me in white. Like them, he who overcomes will be dressed in white. That's you. The word is our victory. We overcome by the word of our testimony and the blood of the Lamb. We are overcomers through him who loves us. Him who loves us. Say, Jesus loves me. Say, God loves me just as much as he loves Jesus. And I will never blot out his name from the book of life. But I will confess his name before my father and his angels. He who has an ear, let's be teachable. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Do you see how all this is to people who are already believers? 
Laodicea. Revelation 3.14. I know your deeds. You are neither cold nor hot. How I wish you were one or the other. So because you are lukewarm, neither hot nor cold, I'm about to vomit you out of my mouth. Yuck. Not me. I'm going to stay on fire for Jesus. I'm going to just keep drawing, you know, through all the mistakes I make. I'm just going to run back and I'm going to say, okay, I get it, okay. Help me do better now. Because my heart, my heart is to... My heart is to do your will. My heart is to seek your good pleasure, Lord. Just keep my, help me keep my heart tender before you, Lord. Help me stay yielded, Lord. You say, I am rich. I have grown wealthy and need nothing. See, we get to a place sometimes, nobody here, nobody at River City Church. But some people get to a place where God has done so many good things, and they're just like, oh, I don't need anything anymore. And they forget. So, you know, they forget that it's God who has given us every good gift. It's God who has done this for us. I am rich. I have grown wealthy and need nothing. See, that's, they don't appreciate where they were and how far they've come and what he's done. But you do not realize, see, they've fallen asleep. In their own destruction, they've fallen asleep. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiful, poor, blind, and naked. Woo! Yikes. No, thank you. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined by fire so that you may become rich. White garments so that you may be clothed and your shameful nakedness not exposed and salve to anoint your eyes so that you may see. Those I love, I rebuke and discipline. So be earnest and repent. This is to the churches. This is to the churches. Be earnest and repent. So in other words, let's not just give it lip service. Let's not look around and see what everybody else is doing wrong. Right? I always quote that scripture to you. I care not whether I'm judged by you. Because God is my judge. You are here to love people through the word and allow God to be the judge. He'll do a much better job than you would ever do. And you don't want people judging you, right? You want people lifting you up, edifying you in the word, building you up, helping you to stand on your most holy faith. That's what you want people to do for you. Well, don't do that for them. And let him be the judge. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice, teachable, and opens the door, I will come in and dine with him and he with me. What a promise. Psalm 23. He puts a table before you in the presence of your enemies. You dine in pleasure with the Lord. And your enemies can do nothing but look from afar. You are shielded in the love of the Lord. You return unto him. His love is a shield around about you. 
To the one who overcomes, I will grant the right to sit with me on my throne. Wow, that is a big, big statement. Just as I overcame and sat down with my father on his throne, he who has an ear, be teachable. Let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. You see, beloved, repentance truly is the message of hope. Jesus came so that our hearts could know. Jesus came so that our hearts could know the possibility. Jesus came so that we could know the glory of God. Jesus came so that we could be forgiven. Jesus came so that in forgiveness through him, we are reunited with a loving and holy Father who has only a heart of love for us, only goodness, right? So in this time when, we, when we're remembering and we're thinking about Jesus and the fact that he came as a child, that he grew up among us, remember that it is so that he could be in communion with us, that he could show us the way to reunion with our Father, who is the spirit of love. And we draw our hearts, we beckon our own hearts to draw back unto him and to recognize our first love and to fall madly in love with him again and to only want to do what he does and only want to say what he says. And we will walk in the glory that way. We will walk in the glory that way. So I have one more little, one more little example here with Hezekiah. <coughs> so God sent the prophet to Hezekiah, and the, God told the prophet to tell Hezekiah that he was going to die. He had gotten ill, and he wasn't going to recover. So in 2 Kings 20, 1 through 6, in those days, Hezekiah became ill and was at the point of death. The prophet Isaiah, son of Amos, went to him and said, This is what the Lord says. Put your house in order, because you are going to die, and you will not recover. Hezekiah turned his face to the wall and prayed to the Lord. Do you see how immediate? Do you see how immediate he didn't get mad at God? He didn't grumble and complain. He didn't say, oh, woe is me. He immediately turned to the Lord. He immediately prayed. He immediately remembered God of his character and his promises. Remember, Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully. The scripture says that to the faithful, God is faithful. Remember how I have walked before you faithfully and with wholehearted devotion. Lord, give me wholehearted devotion toward you. Help me rend my heart. Help me encounter Jesus. Help me return to my first love. Because you are a faithful God. Faithful to all generations. Lord, how I have walked before you faithfully with wholehearted devotion and have done what is good in your eyes. And Hezekiah wept bitterly before Isaiah had left the middle court. 
He wasn't even out of the place. Before Isaiah left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him, go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. That is a message for your life. That is a message for this city. That is a message for the churches today. That is a message for our nation. Pray. God hears. You got a problem, you got an issue, you got a pain, you got a hurt, you got a trial, you got a tribulation, pray, God hears. He will not leave you as orphans. He sent the Holy Spirit so that you are not an orphan. He has sealed you with the deposit of the Holy Spirit, guaranteeing what is to come. That's all scripture. Before Isaiah had left the middle court, the word of the Lord came to him. Go back and tell Hezekiah, the ruler of my people, this is what the Lord, the God of your father David says, I have heard your prayer and seen your tears. I will heal you. On the third day from now, you will go up to the temple of the Lord. I will add 15 years to your life and I will deliver you and this city from the land of the king of Assyria. I will def defend the city for my sake. I will defend the city for my sake and for the sake of my servant David. You see, Hezekiah listened to the word of the Lord. He prayed. He turned his, his sight fully upon the Lord. He turned his eyes fully upon the Lord and had confidence in the Lord and the promises of the Lord and the goodness of God. And he was delivered. And it is no different for us in these times. No different at all. We do not serve a Lord that changes. He is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He does not change like shifting shadows. His word is true. It is firm. It is our foundation. It is the foundation to which we need to return wholeheartedly. Wholeheartedly. Second Chronicles 7.14 If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, then I will hear from heaven, I will forgive their sin, and I will heal, heal, heal their land. That's any land that you're in. Any land that you're in right now, today. Anything that you're facing right now, today. Now my eyes will be open and my ears attentive to the prayers offered in this place. In this place, and in the temple of your own heart. It is God's love for us that enables us to have an undivided heart toward him. Oh Lord, give me an undivided heart toward you.
O Lord, give me an undivided heart toward you. Romans 10, 15. I mean, Psalm 86, 11. Teach me your way, O Lord, and I will walk in your truth. Teach me your way, O Lord. Teach me your way, O Lord. Just read it. Just read it. Give me an undivided heart that I may fear your name. For great is your love for me. Because of his love for us, we can walk with undivided hearts before him. You have delivered me from the depths of the grave. It is his love for you that has drawn you from the depths of the grave. It is his love for you that keeps you strong. It is his love for you that delivers you in every situation. His love never fails. His love never changes. As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's Romans 10, 15. You see, because when we allow his love to come into us, when we allow his love to saturate us, we cannot help but have hearts fully undivided toward him. And then we are allowed at that point to be his missionaries and his ambassadors to bring the great good news. We become beautiful feet bringing the good news of the gospel to everyone around us. The loving, forgiving, merciful gospel. So, beloved, it's time to turn back like you've never turned back before. We want to get out all the dross, all the chaff, and we can do it because we have a loving Father. We can do it because we have a loving Father whose desire is to release us from chains of bondage through the avenue of repentance. And when we repent and we return to God and we surrender our will and surrender our ways unto him, we walk into a purity of love that we've never known before. And his love conquers all darkness. His love conquers all. So dear Lord, we just thank you this day and we return unto you for a whole heart encounter with Jesus. Thank you, Lord, that your word says that Jesus has given me the glory that you gave him. Thank you for your love. And today, in my heart, I return unto you. Help me to walk in greater passion for you, Lord. Help me to see things the way you see them. Help me to see others the way that you see them. I am looking forward, Lord, to fulfilling the mission that you have for me here. I am ready for a new outpouring of new wine in my life. The glory is here, and I am stepping over. The glory is here, and I receive it, Lord. And I thank you for your great and good and kind and merciful love toward me. Help me recognize it. Help it change my heart, Lord. 
and help me have those eyes that you have toward other people. Help me see them the way you see them, Lord. Help me see me the way that you see me, Lord. Cleansed and forgiven. So I return unto you this day, Lord. And I thank you for the new work that you are doing in my life. In Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. So now we're going to take communion. Any believer in Christ can take communion. It is open communion. When we take communion, we remember what Christ has done for us. We remember his sacrifice. We remember his love. We remember his resurrection and his victory. We remember that we are healed by the stripes of Jesus and that we are cleansed by his blood. So we take the elements. Thank you, Lord, that you gave up your body to be beaten, scourged, that you were beyond recognition as a human because of your great love for me and that by your stripes I am healed. And I thank you for the blood that you shed for me. I thank you that it was poured out on the mercy seat and that your mercy is for me. Thank you, Lord, that I am cleansed and made whole by your blood. In Jesus' name. And for our offerings today, please remember our worship team. They volunteer all year long. Their hearts are truly hearts of service. They truly desire to usher the Holy Spirit into this place that we can experience the glory and the love of God and the power of God. So please remember them these next Sundays. There are eight of those people that are on our worship team. They're not all here today. And for our offering today, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 8, verse 7. But just as you excel in everything, don't you like that, that the Lord says that to you? That he has for you that you excel in everything? I think that's an amazing heart. But just as you excel in everything, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in your love for us, See that you also excel in the grace of giving. See that you excel in the grace of giving. Not by rules and regulation, but by grace. So Lord, I thank you for every offering given by your holy people. I thank you, Lord, that you bless the offering, that you multiply it as you did the loaves and fish to do your work, Lord, then that we are moving into even a greater work for you. I thank you, Lord, that you multiply.